You're listening to the Cathedral Podcast. To learn more about Cathedral, like service times or how to get connected with a small group, visit wearecathedral.com. Today's message comes from Pastor Dave Ammons. Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Come on, I feel like I need to like rip my shirt or like uh, do like a Hulk Hogan ear for you on that one right there. Man, that's, thanks Brian. That was a good uh, invitation up to the stage. How many, any WWF fans in the house? I mean, I used to watch that junk like every day. Mom, did we not grow up every Saturday watching that in your bed? Come on, me, Lex Luger, and Mama just slamming bodies all over the place. This is amazing right there. Actually, fun story, I went to a match with my dad. I forgot that he was 6'9", and I'm a little buckaroo. I don't know how old I was, but Lex Luger was throwing T-shirts into the audience, and little buckaroo self, however old I was, was like, I'm jumping to get this. I mean, I'm sacrificing body and limbs. I jumped to go get it, come nowhere close. Crash into the chair next to me, blood all over, which I thought was the coolest thing because the wrestlers were going to be bleeding anyway. I got a scar still to prove it. My dad simply goes, could have saved the whole thing. So anyways, there's a fun story for you. Well, I hope you guys are off to a great summer. Uh, how many boaters we got in the house? Any boater people? Boaters? Boaters? Got a couple? Balcony? Any boaters? Okay, we got one single. All right, there we I'm on my beachgoers. Any beachgoers? Oh, okay, we you live in Charleston, so that's awesome. All right, how, any AC people? Any? Okay. <laughs> oh, I love it. I tell you what, one of the things that uh, my wife and I love to do, we try to do this every single morning, and we hit most mornings, but we love sitting on our back porch and drinking a cup of coffee uh, after we wake up. We've been, we get to do that a lot more when school is out. Uh, and so we've been doing that this past week, and uh, the, the summer is here, is it not? Man, I remember praying a couple days ago, Lord, would you just send a breeze? Like, a little tiny gust of wind would be great right now. I mean, it was like stale, hot air, and there we are drinking 200-degree coffee. It was amazing, absolutely. But I will, I'm happy to report that God's answering prayers because yesterday morning, there was some wind. So he sent it to us. I've, I've heard reports that this week we're going to have like three degrees of relief, I think it is. So, it's, you know, sometimes it's slow. Sometimes it's slow, but it's coming there. But nonetheless, hope you guys are enjoying your summer. Let me hear you if you're enjoying summer at Cathedral. We've had some great speakers. Uh, and we got some great ones coming up here still. Um, we got a friend of the house actually coming uh, here very soon. You do not want to miss it. Uh, and let me just tell you, we had a chance to talk with him this past week. Uh, he'll be flying in soon. And he's just an incredible, incredible guy. I cannot wait to get you around him and just to hear, A, what's going on in his life, what God is doing around this nation. Um, absolutely incredible. You'll be able to uh, hear him in the coming weeks. Uh, but, man, I'm just so excited to be up here. Uh, Throughout the summer, you know, we, we kind of do summer at Cathedral in a unique way. And when we get up here to be able to speak, it's kind of what we call standalone weekends. So we're not tied to an exact series, like we're not going through a book of the Bible or going through like a relationship series. And so the, the summer, a lot of times, is made up of standalone messages, which is great because you can really go after and pursue what you feel like God is calling to you. What, what is God speaking to you right now? And so you get the most passionate in, in what God is doing inside of our lives. And so as I was preparing for knowing this was coming a couple of weeks ago, I began to pray and just say, Lord, what is it that you have? I had three topics that I was very passionate about. And so just trying to, you know, narrow those down and say, okay, God, what, what direction do you want me to go for this 
for this weekend? What do, you, what do you have for your people this summer? It was a few weeks ago, I was sitting on the front row listening to Pastor Megan do a message on the power of prayer. Absolutely incredible. If you missed it, I encourage you, go back and listen to it. Uh, but I just felt like, that you ever had those, those time periods in your life where you just really feel like the Lord's kind of communicating something to you of like, okay, this, this is it. Like, here's your door. Uh, you've been asking. Like, here's your answer kind of thing. I, and I was sitting on the front row, and I just so heard inside of myself of, uh, Dave, I need you to double down on this topic. This is something that people so desperately need uh, and, and is what I need you to speak on, which is great because it was one of the three topics that I was wanting to go after anyway. So then I begin this journey. And I went back, and one of the things that uh, I'm excited is if you know me, you know that my, my devotion style, it doesn't matter whether I'm studying a book of the Bible, I always start it with going through a chapter in Psalms and a chapter in Proverbs. There's just so much good stuff inside of these two books. And so this morning what you're going to get is really kind of an overflow of, uh, of a series of devotions. I remember reading Psalms 116 recently, and you ever read a chapter in the Bible and you're just like, there's some good stuff in that. Not sure I got it all, but I know there's some good stuff in that one, right? And so I marked it and said, you know what, I need to slow down. I, I need to make sure that I'm, I'm not missing anything that God is wanting for me to get out of this passage. And so I just earmarked it. And when this kind of came back up inside of me, uh, I started really diving into it. And so today what you're going to get is an overflow of those devotions, okay? Um, and this is really kind of what it looks like. And so we're going to dive in. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and get your Bibles out. Turn to Psalms 116. We'll be camping there for a little while. If you have your phones, go ahead and get them out. Um, and this, Psalms 116, to give you some context, is right uh, before what is called the Psalms of Ascent. Psalms of Ascent are from Psalms 120 to Psalms 134. And many of these Psalms of Ascent, they believe, they don't know exactly, but they believe they are written by two gentlemen, two kings of Israel, who have very similar characteristics. The first one is King Hezekiah. The next one is King David. Now, we know a lot about King David. We study him a lot, um, and we have a lot of different stories about King David. The lesser known is King Hezekiah. One of the stories that you will probably know the most is the story of when King Hezekiah had his back to the wall. There really was no way out of this whole situation. He had 185,000 Assyrian army soldiers at his doorstep ready to pounce and take their kingdom. Hezekiah reaches out to God. He prays to God a powerful prayer. Um, and this is two things that these kings are noted for. They're noted for their righteousness, but they're also noted for the fact that they chase after God. They're known for their love for God. You know, culture may do whatever it's going to do, but as for us, our kingdom is going to be known for this thing. They're known for how much they chase after God. King Hezekiah uh, isn't phased by what he sees in front of him. He goes back and he says, you know what? I'm going to pray to the God of this universe because I know he stated to me that this is the kingdom of Israel. This is his kingdom. He will protect us. God hears the words of King Hezekiah's prayer, comes back. The next morning they wake up and there's 185,000 soldiers dead on the ground. Pretty cool, right? He answers Prayers. He answers 
prayers. God sent an angel and he miraculously saved Jerusalem. Now that's the popular story that many people, if you know about King Hezekiah, that's probably the one that you're going to hear about. That's not the story that I want to highlight to you today, but by the time I'm done telling you the story that I'm going to tell you, you're going to understand a little bit more of why he was able to go into this insurmountable situation with all confidence, knowing that God is a God of promises and that he will deliver. Because he's had a history that has built up to this. How many of you guys know that your faith, faith is not built best in extreme situations, right? Because you're nervous. No, faith is built in, over time, all these little things, God, I believe in your word. Oh, I see it answered. My faith builds. My faith builds. My faith builds. So that way, when you get something that just doesn't seem like it can work out on the surface, eh, it's not my problem. That's God's problem. He'll figure it out, right? This is King Hezekiah, okay? So let's go into that story. Hezekiah gets a word from a prophet. This prophet's name is Isaiah. And here's the, here's the word that this prophet brings to Hezekiah. You're going to die. Really life-giving prophet. I mean, can you imagine like a pastor showing up at your house and be like, hey, sorry, bud, but it's not looking too good for you. You're probably going to die. Like, we would, like, tell him, okay, obviously that's not your gift. Let's find another gift in the church for you. You're not delivering good words here. But nonetheless, this is exactly what Isaiah is, is charted with, that he, hey, you need to go tell him. Now, Hezekiah is not doing good. He's sick. He's, he's really kind of on his deathbed. And Isaiah tells him, says, listen, things aren't looking good. You need to get your house in order because you're going to die. Now, what's interesting about this is anytime you see something in the Bible, Even if it's one time, your ears need to perk up because anything that's in Scripture is important for our lives, right? The moment that you cross that one threshold and you hear it two times, three times, your ears need to start ringing, oh, this is something really important because God is giving prime real estate in his Scripture for you to hear this story more than once. This particular story, we see it three times, 2 Kings, 2 Chronicles, and in the book of Isaiah, and we actually see a reference of it in 2 Corinthians in the New Testament. I'll show you that later. But here's here's where this has taken place. This is 2 Kings uh, chapter 20, and it says, In those days Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. The prophet Isaiah went to him and said this, This is what the Lord says. Put your house in order because you are going to die. You will not recover. Hezekiah turns his face to the wall. He don't really like the news that he just heard. Heard. He's already in bed. He rolls over, turns his face towards the wall, and he says this prayer to God. Remember, Lord, how I have walked with you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion and have done what is good in your eyes. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. That was his prayer, 22 words of a prayer, 22 words of of Hezekiah passionately making a plea towards God. That's it. That's all he had, 22 words. Can I just tell you that as you read throughout Scripture, prayer produces incredible results all throughout Scripture. 22 words resulted in 15 more years of life for King Hezekiah. 16, I'm sorry, 14 words in, of prayer in the book of Acts chapter 16 healed and freed a woman who was demon-possessed. 30 words of the prayer of Jabez have, have released unmatched potential in millions of people's lives. 
Millions of people have prayed a 30-word prayer that Jabez put out of, Oh, Lord, would you bless me? Oh, Lord, would you enhance my territories? Would you enlarge my territories? Would you protect me? Would you protect my house? Would you protect my family? In fact, we had a businessman in the church one time, and he was telling me, hey, I've committed to a year of praying this prayer of Jabez over myself, over my family, over my business. And over that year, he saw his business and his family go to heights that he never seen before. There's power in prayer, it was 30 words. It took all of about 12 seconds for him to say every single day over his life. Jesus gave us a prayer that was 68 words to teach the world how to pray. He didn't give us an entire book in the Bible. He didn't give us 18 chapters and give us a one, two, three of this is how you pray. He gave us 68 words. You want to know how to pray? A simple 30-second prayer that you can pray every single day over 68 words. It'll revolutionize your life. It'll change your life because there's power in our prayers. You see, prayer produces profound results all throughout the Bible. But it doesn't stop in this book. Because prayer also produces profound results in our lives. It produces profound results. And the reason why is because when we pray, it's the tool that God gave us. God's miraculous power is released when we pray. Now, I don't know about you, but there's a lot of situations that I, right or wrong, but I feel like I'm pretty confident to be able to handle but I've learned over the years that there's, there's two directions in this whole thing. Either A, I'm going to rely on my own abilities or I'm going to rely on God's abilities. And I'm going to tell you all day long, you want to rely on God's abilities. Because then you invite the supernatural into your life and you're out of a natural world. Prayers produce profound results when we release God's miraculous power in our lives. Here's a true story, a true story about a man. Uh, he was broke down on the side of the road. His hood was up. He couldn't figure it out. He couldn't get his car started, and he was just trying to troubleshoot the best of his abilities, but he couldn't figure it out. All of a sudden, a limousine pulls up behind him. Kind of shocked. This man gets out. The, the chauffeur gets out. He opens the back door, and outside of the back door comes out a man who is dressed to the absolute nines. I'm talking suit, vest, tie, the whole nine yards. Rolls out and goes up to this gentleman with the, with the hood up and says, hey, wh wh what's going on? What seems to be the problem with the car? Obviously, this gentleman is completely shocked at what's going on. I don't know about you. Any, anybody who broke down on the side of the road ever have a limousine pull up beside you? Okay, I'd be shocked too. He's asking and trying to figure this out, and he says, man, honestly, I don't know. I'm trying to fix my car, but I can't figure out what it is. And the gentleman from the limousine simply just tells him, hey, why don't you get in the driver's seat? I know a little bit about cars. Let me mess around with a few things, and when I do, I'll tell you to try to start it. Let's see if we can get it started. So the man rolls up his sleeves and begins to mess with the car, and all of a sudden, he, he hollers out to this gentleman inside on the front seat and says, hey, give it a try. Give it a try. Start, try to start it up. And immediately, the car starts. This guy's in shock and unbelief. He, he starts to get out, but he already notices that the guy from the limousine has pulled his handkerchief out, is getting the grease off of his fingers, and begins to walk back to the limousine. So he goes over to the man, hey, please, you got to stop. you got to stop. I just need to say thank you. Like, I don't understand why in the world that you would stop. Like, why did you stop? Like, how, how did you even know how to fix my car? Like, why in the world would you do this for something like me? And here was the man's reply. He said, my name is Henry Ford, 
and I can't stand to see one of my creations broke down on the side of the road when it's supposed to be moving. Now, that's an incredible story, and it's an incredible answer. But if a man on this earth can get that passionate about something that he makes, can you imagine how passionate our God of this universe is about the creation of us? You see, our God is never going to be settled, and be, his heart is going to break when he sees us broke, busted, and on the side of the road, not moving in the direction that he has called us to do. He's always going to stop and help us in every facet of our life. And as I read this story, I was like, oh my gosh, that connects so well, because if we can just understand the power of this prayer in our life, you see, a brand new relationship is just one prayer away. A brand new family is just one prayer away. Addiction is on the other, the, the, the freedom from addiction is just on the other side of one prayer. That's the power of what prayer pay, plays in our life. It is not impossible with God if we pray. You see, he knows how we work. He knows how to make us work. He knows what you and I need. God can fix it no matter what is going on in our life. And here is what I know is that every single one of us who walked into this room today need prayer. Every single day of our life we wake up and we need the prayer of God in our lives. Listen to what Psalms chapter 50 says about this. It says, honor me. You want to know how to honor God? Here's going to give it to us. Here's the instruction. Honor me by trusting me in your day of trouble. You got a bad day ahead of you? Man, honor me. I want you to pull up and I want you to trust me. You got something bad that's going on in your life? Man, the best way that you can do it, hey, lean on me. God wants us to lean on him. Pull up a chair, draw close to him, give it to him. That's how we honor him. But we don't stop there. We cry aloud. Cry aloud to me and I will be there to rescue you. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a promise to me. And a promise that so many of us need to remember. Because unfortunately, and I'm in this camp with you, I'm not throwing shade at you, we all do this. It's a part of the human nature, it's a part of the human fall, but so often we forget the power of God and try to do it ourselves. But here, clearly he's saying, hey, Cry out to me. I want to help you. I'm on the sidelines. If you'll just do the one thing that I gave you in this world, if you'll just pray, if you'll just release me, man, I'm so excited to get into your situation. Oh, he's just itching to get into the game of life and help you and I with our situation. Hezekiah turns his face towards the wall. He's turning to God in his day of trouble. In one of the hardest days, he's on his deathbed, and he's, and he's screaming out, he's crying out to God and asking, hey, would you let me live? The Bible tells us that God spoke to Isaiah the prophet before he even got out of the palace. In fact, he was in the courtyard. He says, oh, I need you to stop. You got to go back. He prayed. I heard him, go tell him he's going to live for another 15 years. Hezekiah is naturally filled with so much excitement. He's filled with so much gratitude that he begins to write the Psalms of Ascent that I was telling you about earlier, which these, these Psalms of Ascent, I want you to think of as, as believers would literally walk up the steps of the temple in Jerusalem, hence the name Ascent, Psalms of Ascent, they would sing these songs as they were getting ready to get into the presence of God. Think of it like a hype song for Christians. Like, 
hyping it up, getting things ready to go. They're going into the presence of God, and they would prepare their hearts in this way as they would sing these songs. Psalm 116 is one of these types of psalms. They, they actually label this as a Hillel Psalms. It's a, it's a, it's a psalms that is singing the praises of, of God. And Hezekiah is writing this to remind people. He's saying, hey, when you get into the presence of God, I need you to remember something. It's a very important principle, and it's this, that God answers prayers. Oh, I just need to remind you of something. I know you have something going on in your life, but God answers prayers. He's trying his best. And you see, this is something that we need to settle in our hearts and our minds because this isn't Russian roulette. This isn't something that we just throw in and say, oh, let's just hope for the best. Let's pull the lever on the slot machine and just watch that thing reel in. Maybe he's going to help me. Maybe he's not. Let's go and just play the lottery of prayer. No, prayer is not the lottery. It's certainty. But we have to settle this in our hearts and our minds because if we don't, it will hinder our praying. God answers prayer. Let's dive into Psalms 116. This is verse 1, and here is how it starts off. It says, I love the Lord. I love the Lord because why? Because he hears my voice. Why does he love the Lord? Because he hears me. God hears my physical voice. He's listening. And something that I want to point out is the fact that it is a voice. It's verbal. It's loud. It's passionate. So often, and there's nothing wrong with this, so often we settle so much for just praying in our head. And I understand it's convenient, right? It, sometimes it makes us a little bit more comfortable. It's nerve-wracking to pray out loud. What if somebody hears me? And we fall into this whole thing of that we just, before long, it's been months, and we've never even prayed out loud. But see, there's something, as you read the Bible, you'll notice that there's patterns. You see, God is a God of order. He loves systems. And one of the things that you'll notice is, is, is a pattern in the Bible around this topic of prayer is that the vast majority of it is done in an audible voice. And I don't know the percentage, but if I sat down and took the time, I'm willing to say it's over 90% of the prayers are an audible voice that it's talking about. And I'm not saying that you can't pray in your head, but there is importance in noticing biblical patterns around these big foundational truths. It's not just what it says, but notice the patterns of the Bible, and that's something that every single one of us should chase after. And it doesn't matter whether it's prayer, worship, reading the Word. Notice those patterns. In fact, James tells us this around this whole idea is that tremendous power is released. Everybody say power. Tremendous power is released through the passionate, heartfelt prayer of a godly believer. Now, I don't know about you, but I think it's hard to be passionate and heartfelt in our head. I mean, I can give our best go like. As opposed to, Lord Jesus, I don't know what I'm going through right now, but I know that your word says this and I'm going to stand on the promises of God. And I know that you know the answer to this. There's a difference there. It's a biblical pattern that we see. Let's continue on here. He says, I love the Lord because he hears my voice, my pleas for mercy. I will call on him as long as I live because he turns his ear towards me. 
Another version of the Bible says that he actually bends down to listen to you. And this is exactly one of the principles that we teach in guest services as well. Anytime you talk to children, get down on their level. Let them know that they matter. Don't be this six, seven weird creepy giant that's all of a sudden in their world. No, that's scary. Get on their level. And what am I communicating? I'm communicating, hey, you're important. I'm communicating that you matter. I'm communicating, I don't want to miss a word of what you're going to say. You want to tell me about Pokemon? Go for it for hours. Let's go. Okay? Or whatever it is that they like these days. Okay? God does the same thing with us. He loves to hear his people's voice. He bends down. He turns his ear. This reminds me so much of Miss Dean with, uh, with all of her grandchildren. I mean, she does anything and everything she can to win the affection of her grandchildren. Even if her vitamins do taste like Reese's, it doesn't matter. She is going to do whatever she needs to do to get in their world and to win the affection. The same thing God does with us. He desperately wants our affection. Verse 2 in the NLT says it this way, which I thought was neat. I will pray as long as I have breath. Hezekiah is passionately telling us, hey, prayer is important. It's so powerful. I mean, I really want you to catch this. The prophet Isaiah had to go to Hezekiah and say, hey, you're going to die. Get your house in order. Hezekiah rolls over and in a 22-word prayer that in short says, God, I don't want to die. I want to live God says, all right, stop the whole show. I know yeah, I had you on this plan. Turn your butt around. I got another word. He said a prayer. I heard him. I'm the God who answers prayers. Go tell the man that he's going to live for another 15 years. 22 words, y'all. That should make you excited. What thing do you have going on in your life that you think is just too insurmountable? What I'm telling you is that scripture tells me that 13 words is enough, that six words is enough, that 22 words is enough. We don't have to be master theologians. All we got to do is say, Jesus, and it will be so. See, the problem that a lot of us will fall into, though, because you say, well, gosh, Dave, I've just seen too much. God didn't answer this. God didn't answer that. I know this person who didn't answer this. Just don't fall into the trap of living a life full of doubt and skepticism. Live a life full of faith. It's the principle that this psalm is trying to teach us that God answers prayer. I'm going to believe it with all of my heart that he is going to answer my prayers and I'm going to watch him do it, okay? So let's continue in Psalms 116. The first two verses, they they communicate a principle and the principle is that God answers, come on, you on it. The next four verses show us that this experience that Hezekiah went through absolutely changed his life. Let me see your hand if God absolutely changed your life. Yeah, absolutely. And that's important to never forget for two reasons. The first reason is you'll never forget the goodness of God in your life. When he plucked you out of the the terribleness of whatever your life was and said, no, 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 you're a child of God. Let me tell you about the kingdom of heaven. You'll never forget, if you were here last week with Prashan DeVisser uh, uh, from Sri Lanka, you, you heard an amazing message around the uniqueness of Christ, the goodness of who God is in our life. The second thing that it does is it absolutely changes other people's lives when they hear your story of how good God has been. It's your story. And what I love about it is every single person in here has a different story. There's not a single one of you guys that have the same story. 
And I love that because it just shows you that God meets every single one of us exactly where you are. If you think your story's too bad, just look down your road because I can guarantee you somebody else has had it worse. Or we're badder or whatever that word is, okay? It's your story. It's your testimony to Hezekiah. He gives us his testimony in four short verses. But before we read it, I want to give it to you in three very short words that I think you already know the answer to this. But his testimony is that God... Y'all are getting it. I like it. Come on, let's read about it here in verses 3 through 6. It says, the ropes of death became tangled around me. Isaiah came. He was already on his deathbed. Okay, He was knocking at his doorsteps. The horrors of the grave took hold of me. I experienced pain and agony. You can see this is his story. But I kept calling on the name of the Lord. Please, Lord, rescue me. The Lord is merciful. The Lord is righteous. Our God is compassionate. The Lord protects defenseless people. One more time. If you've not settled this in your mind, the goodness of who God is, take a moment to just do what you need to do. Have a conversation. God cares about you. He doesn't look over you. He, he is specifically interested in you. Every single one of us. He's a good God. He's not a bad God. He's, he's, he's a merciful, compassionate God. And he ends it by saying, when I was weak, he saved me. You see, every one of our life circumstances really are important because they give us the ability to draw closer to God, this ability to build our faith. And don't fall into the trap of so often when stuff happens in our life, we begin to hold God at arm's length. We don't, we don't feel like we're good enough. We don't feel like, like we're worthy enough. I mean, I wish I could bring the woman with the issue of blood down from the Bible times and bring them on the stage because I'm sure she would tell you, listen, you are so worthy because the God of this universe was on a mission to start the ministry of Christianity. And yet he felt in the crowd of people this woman who felt like she had no potential touched the hem of his garment. He stopped the whole show and said, stop, somebody with potential just touched me. You matter to God. You are worthy. See, the thing is, is Satan loves to make the issue not the issue. Satan would love for you to believe that you are not worthy. That, that is, the, it matters who you are and what you are and what your status is and where you live. All this kind of different stuff of how we discredit us. That's not the issue at all. The issue at hand is how kind he is. The issue, the true issue is how good he is. Not dependent on our situation. It's how merciful he is. He died on the cross for every single one of us. It doesn't matter what our status is or what our mental game is. Okay. I want you to listen to what the NLT version of verse 6 says. It says, the Lord protects those of childlike faith. Man, I just got done with VBS having 400 kids jump around this place. Seeing the faith of a child, it was absolutely incredible. You know what a child does? Here's a promise that God says and says, that's true. We do this other junk in our head that tries to discredit the power and the promise of God in our life. The Lord protects those of childlike faith. I was facing death, and he saved me. Don't make life complicated. Ask. Ask him. Get him off of the bench and into the playing field of your life. 
the season of life that I'm in right now, man, there's so many things that I wake up saying, man, I don't know the answer. I don't know the direction. I'm raising four incredible boys right now that I wake up every single day going, Lord, please help. I have no idea what I'm doing. We have an absolutely amazing church that I hope you can feel is actually growing. People are being reached in this community. This church is growing. I don't know sometimes the direction. I don't know sometimes how to accomplish. There's good problems, but there's still problems. God, would you please help? You just heard that there's an academy and a preschool attached to that. God, I need your help. What's the next move? I'm still figuring out how to grieve my dad. I don't know how to do that. But every single day, God gets with me and helps me through that process every single day. You see, so often my prayer time sounds like this. Lord, I am a child. I do not know. I don't know the answer. I don't know what to think. But I know you do. Listen, there, there is nothing wrong with not knowing which way to go or how to pray. There's nothing wrong with saying, Lord, I don't know what you want. I don't know what to do, but would you bring me the answer? And if you do know, man, I'm going to tell you right now, that's a luxury. Tell the Lord, thank you. And then when you go to pray about that situation, don't do it sheepishly. You go in that thing bold. Because what if, you, what if you do something a little bit bigger than what you're thinking and you don't hit it? Oh, darn. Right? But we're getting as close as we can to what God has called us to. Actually, I heard of a story this past week of a, a very big-time businessman. God told him to do something, and he did it, but he did it in a, in a scared way, and he didn't ask the full thing. And this gentleman ended up, let me just tell you, it was a 27 times bigger mistake if you catch my drift, okay? Let's, see, let's say if he was supposed to ask for $100, he asked for 10 and missed out on 8,000 because he didn't fully listen to God, okay? If you have something that God put on your life, go after a bold. God loves when we pray big. It doesn't matter if it's big, small, known, unknown. God loves to hear the voice of his children, and we get to get out of the way and watch what he does. All right, so we see that the principle is what? God answers. Okay, we see that his testimony is that God answers. All right, so let me see the action step of how did he get there? Because when we pray a prayer, there's a gap between the prayer and the answer. Okay, and he gives us what we need to be doing. Here is the action step. And this is really important because this is really what separates the strong from the weak in the school of faith and prayer is we have to declare our faith. The way that I would say it is when I pray a prayer, and if you're going to ask me, is God, God is answering my prayer. There's no doubt. I'm standing on the promise and the word. There's been so many times that Macy and I have had to pray through stuff, whether it was through uh, the growth of our family, real estate. I mean, I don't care. You name it. Every situation we've had in our life, we don't know exactly the answer, but yet I'm standing firm on the promises that God gave you know what's interesting when we do that? Stress reduces. Joy comes in. Confidence goes out of us. You begin to wake up just excited. I don't know how you're going to do it, Lord, but I know you're going to do it. All, your demeanor begins to change. You say, well, Dave, what, what if I get it wrong? What, what if I hear it wrong? You'll figure it out. Listen, I know I'm, try, I'm, I'm making it sound simple. 
But when, when, when you do this journey of, of, of a relationship with God, guess what? You and I, we're going to get it wrong a time or two. But we're going to get it right a lot. Amen? You want to know something? Every single time that I've gotten something wrong, I've learned. You know the biggest thing that I've learned? Every single time I'm wrong, it's one more step in the direction, oh, okay, I got you, God. Now I'm better at discerning the voice of God versus the voice that's just in my head. Every single one of those are a learning curve. In fact, this is what John 10, 27 says. It says, my own sheep will hear my voice, and I know each one, and they will follow me. He knows your voice. You know, somebody will ask, how do you keep track of all four? Like when they're, how do you know when what? Man, I live with them. I can, I can tell you what each cry sounds like, what each whine sounds like. When they're hungry, I can tell what the burp sounds like. I can tell you which one it is, you know, because I live with them. And if you don't live with them, yeah, sure, it's hard to discern which one of the boys is screaming. But see, when, you're, when your ear is turned towards God and you hang around in that sphere, and you begin to understand the voice of God in your life. Does that make sense? Let's look at how Hezekiah declares his faith in our scripture. He says, this is verse 7. Be at peace again, my soul, because the Lord has been good to you. You saved me from death. You saved my eyes from tears and my feet from stumbling. I will walk in the Lord's presence in the world of the living. Here's the line that I want you to underline. I kept my faith even when I said I am suffering terribly. Uh, Paul in 2 Corinthians references this verse puts a little bit more color to it when we're struggling in life. Here's what he says. We consider living to mean that we are constantly being handed over to death for Jesus. When our life is just messed up, when nothing is going our way, when everybody's passing us by in life, getting everything that they are chasing after, but yet I feel stuck behind. When all this persecution happens, when everything's wrong going on in our life, So then, death is at work in us, but it releases life in you. We have the same spirit of faith that is described in the scriptures, speaking about Psalms 116. First I believed, then I spoke in faith. So we first believe, then speak in faith. I believe, therefore I spoke. And that's the question that's before every single one of us. What do you believe? I believe, therefore I spoke. The things that we believe, you speak. What are you speaking over your life? Is it doubt? Is it, oh, I wonder if he's going to answer? All these different things. Or is it, no, 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 this is what the scripture says about my situation. Oh, no, 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 I'm planted just like the house on a rock. I ain't moving nowhere because I, I know that God answered my prayers. You see the difference there in what happens in our prayer life? In a moment, what I'm going to do is we're going to take a moment. We're going to work through. I'm just going to tell you exactly what we're doing. i got two songs planned for you. And I'm actually going to invite the, I'm going to open up the front of the stage. Because there's a few times when I'm speaking that I know that God is after something. And this is one of those messages where I know specifically actually two areas. And so we're going to do an altar call where I'm going to invite you just to come on down. It's very simple, but we've got to put in practice what we're talking about. One area that I felt like as I was praying around this was families. If you need prayer for your family, when I was really I want you to come on down. And there's a lot of stuff with family.
Maybe, maybe when you leave home from work, you're not excited to go home. And can I just tell you that that is not what God designed. When I come, when I leave this place, I am so excited to see my boys. I'm so excited to see my wife. That's what God desired. You're one prayer away from God stopping what he's doing and saying, oh, I hear the voice of one of my children. Oh, I get to save a family today. And he's so excited. He's like, gosh, yes, I've been sitting on the bench. I've been so excited to get in that game. I'm so glad you invited me. Maybe, maybe you have a, someone just struggling so badly with addiction in your house. Maybe they're sitting on the row with you. You can stand in the gap for them. They're one prayer away from addiction being broken for the first time in their life. Maybe you have someone in your life that you deeply care about, but they're, yet they're, they're so far away from God, they're one prayer away. The, the, the other, and that's just a scratch of the surface. If, there, if you need prayer for your family, when I say come down, I want you to come down to the front of the stage. The, the other area that I felt so strongly about was healing. Healing, because, you know, there, there's, there's not many days that go by that I don't receive some kind of call of somebody needing healing for something. And, and it, it, can I just tell you something? That's one of the reasons that God died on the cross. He shed his blood so that we do not have to deal with that. Did you know cancer is not as strong as God? And if you need a breakthrough, if you need a release, I want that to happen today. And lest I remind you, you don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to be all amped up. All you got to do is say, Jesus, help. And just like you did with Hezekiah, God can heal you with the powerful prayer. Tremendous power is released for those who profess the name of Jesus. When you come down, what I want you to do is I don't want you to come down nervous. I believe, therefore I speak. What do you believe this morning? You know, some of you may be sick, and you need prayer, and you're going to get prayer. You're going to walk down the stage, you're going to go home, and you're going to have somebody possibly ask you, maybe even your spouse, hey, do you feel like God healed you today? Can I give you the response that you need to have, what I would give, and what I think displays these, these biblical faith declarations that we've been given to you? Here, here is what I would say for you. You know what, man? I don't know if he healed me today. All I know is that he's healed me. You know what I don't know? I don't know which day it's going to come. I just know that the God of this universe healed me, and I don't deal with it anymore. You see, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether it's healing, restoration, breakthrough, blessing, you name it. It doesn't matter. At some point, we have to decide, do I believe it? I believe it, therefore I speak, or do I not? And if you do, let's go all in. There's enough craziness going on in the world. Let's go all in. Can I remind you that he's never been out, outdone? He's never been proven wrong? Woo, I need to get going. I need to be done here. Actually, i tell you what. Go ahead and stand on your feet. Team, you can go ahead and get whatever song you want rolling, okay? What is it that you need in your life? 
And you don't have to wait for the song. If you want to come on down, y'all can come. The altar's open right now, baby. You need prayer for healing? Come on down. You want God to heal you? Pray. Jesus, help. Jesus, heal me is a perfect prayer this morning. You need prayer for wisdom? God says, ask for wisdom and it shall be given to you. It's that simple. Just step out whatever it is because God answers what? He answers prayers. He's going to do it. He can heal you just like he did Hezekiah. He can restore your family. He can break free of the addictions. Maybe you feel alone. Maybe you feel like you're forgotten. Maybe you feel like you're the guy on the side of the road with his hood up. Everybody's just driving by. Perfect life. Here you are, broke down, busted. People are just driving by. Can I tell you something? You matter. You count to God. I want you to pray a short prayer this morning. Invite God into your situation. He's ready. He's ready to pull over. He's ready to help you. He's ready to get off of the bench and into your playing field, into your situation. He can take care of your situation. God will put on hold everything he is doing to fix one marriage. God will put on hold everything he's doing to heal you this morning. God will put on hold everything that he's doing to bring freedom into your life. There's power when we pray. Everybody put your hands in front of you. If the thief that was hanging on the cross right next to Jesus could come down, here's something that I think he could tell you. You guys have a situation in your mind that you're believing for prayer. This man on a cross prayed a nine word prayer that sounded something like this. Jesus. Jesus, would you remember me when you come into your kingdom? That's it. That's all he prayed. He closed his eyes. He woke up in heaven, unbelief. I can just imagine him going, oh boy, my prayer worked. Nine words of a prayer, and now I'm standing in the kingdom of God. He was a thief, now he's reaping the benefits of the kingdom of God. There is nothing that our God can't do. So I want us to worship like crazy right now. And as you guys are sitting down here, I want everybody to look at me. If you're down on the altar right now, I want you to look at my eyes. One of the best, best prayers that you can pray this morning. Jesus, help. Jesus, help. And I want you to begin to see your situation. Jesus getting off of the bench going, oh boy you better get ready get ready get ready because i'm getting ready to get up in your situation the enemy has no hold the enemy has no power because jesus is on the scene now and i'm getting ready to help that so i want us to worship we got two songs we're going to worship and i'll come back and close this thing but let's give it to god in jesus name everybody said let's worship for a second y'all done made a brother lose his voice i ain't going to be able to talk at all tomorrow. It's going to be awesome. I love it. God answered your prayers. Yes. God answered your prayers. He answered your prayers. He answered your prayers. He answered your prayers. God's promises never fail, do they? Hey, can I just say thank you guys for hanging in there with us. Everybody online, Everybody who stuck with us during this whole thing, I want you to know, if you answered the call to this altar call, God answered your prayers. I don't want you to ever forget the person you call on, the name that we call on is Jesus. 
So I bless you guys with that awareness. We serve a God that answers prayer. It's the principle. It's our testimony. It's who we are. We pray and we get to go out and tell everybody of the goodness of our God. So go out there, tell North Charleston how good he is and be blessed in Jesus name. Y'all have an amazing weekend. Love you guys. You've been listening to the Cathedral Podcast. If you were encouraged by today's message, leave us a rating and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any questions about today's message or just want to reach out, send an email to questions at cathedralemail.com. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Have a blessed week.